Welcome to Lifting Your Soul podcast with George and Scott. Well, good to have you back with us for another episode of Lifting Your Soul. Hey, Scotty. Hey, we're back again. We are back again, my friend. We are back again. Last episode was outstanding, Romans chapter 6. Uh, good times. Now, you were saying you were listening to it, listening <laughs> back to it, because I've done that too. I was, yeah. I usually do it just so we can get continuity of thought, you know, Absolutely. from one to the next. Absolutely. And How did you think that last episode went? I enjoyed it. It was good, was it? <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. Listening to myself, that's probably pretty bad to... Uh, <laughs> No, you know what I mean. I know we exactly a good, what you good mean. Good conversation. It was very, very good. So, um, so for those who are just joining us, maybe you're just jumping in now. What we're doing is uh, from last episode, this episode onwards, we're going to be doing a chapter per episode or thereabouts. I mean, we may spill over a couple of chapters either side because obviously the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. It was written as as letters, and it was broken up in that way so that we can uh, find things, references a bit easier. Um, so, what we're going to do is we are going to concentrate, sort of look at the last bit of chapter 6, those last couple of verses, or just talk a little bit about them, and do the major, do all of chapter 7 today. And there are some questions I'm going to be pummeling. <laughs> I'm going to be asking Scott some questions, because, because, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me, chapter 7 and 8 is thick. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And it's tough. It's funny that yeah, you say that, like a lot of people comment on chapter 8 being, mm-hmm. you know, the crescendo. Mm-hmm. To this whole thing, but I actually have a real deep love for chapter seven. And, why why uh, is that? Why is I'll, that? We'll exp- I'll explain it as we go. I'll, I'll, I'll slowly unveil. <laughs> okay. As, as we go. I'll slowly unveil. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, there's going to be an unveiling here today. I'll, I'll just say this. Yes. Oh. Chapter seven. Hang on a minute. This is a preface. Chapter seven mm-hmm. is a great test to whether or not you're saved. Oh, hang on a minute. You can't just say that oh, and just, leave it there. <laughs> You can't just say that and leave it there, Scotty. It, for me, it's it's one of those tests where you just know you're either saved or you're not. So this this is the litmus test when you read through chapter seven that shows you do you really know the Lord personally mm. um, and understand what and really or not? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Oof, yeah. Okay. Oof. Yeah, okay. we began to touch touch on it last episode. Bit, so I was, when I was listening yes. to it, I was like, oh, this just so good because it gets to <laughs> chapter seven, and it's like. I so identify with this, but anyway, we'll yes. get there. <laughs> I love this, mate. I love it. All right, so let's let's um, let's get through it. So I'm I've got we're going to do something a little different because generally, uh, usually we have the same version of Bible app, but I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, chapter seven, and Scott, you're reading from the New King James version. Correct. So what we'll do is we'll use the New King James version as the basis of today's reading, and then I'll interject with some verses uh, um, transposed as in or comparison from the New Living because it explains it, um, gives it a bit bit more of a uh, picture of what you're going to be saying through the King James Version, New King James Version. Sounds like a plan. All right, so let's go. Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Go for it, Scott. Oh, you're not going to start, didn't you say you're going to end on chapter six? Or well, uh, well, actually, well, actually, no, no. We, you're right. You're right. My bad, ladies and gentlemen. My apologies. I was just going to sort of um, uh, read from twenty two, twenty three. If you don't mind me doing that first, no, nah, not which at all. Sort of winds it up. Not at all. I was actually going to refer back to something from last week. Okay. Do you want to say that first? Um, I'm not quite sure. Well, chap, it's verse twenty. Verse 20. Okay, let's go back there. This is the, Okay, yes, go on. All right, go. so this is a little bit of a lead into this litmus test. Okay, is yes. Is it litmus with an M? Or M-U-S. Lit, M-U-S, yeah. so litmus, litmus test. Yeah. 
is um, we we kind of touched on it last one. I'll read it for you guys. Uh, this is uh, Romans chapter six and verse twenty says this: For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Mm. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. That's saying a whole lot. Can I tell you what this what New Living says it? Yeah, yeah, it? yeah, I actually do. When we were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. Right. Okay. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. Um the reason why I like this mm. is because it reminds me that there used to be a time when I didn't really care for righteousness. You didn't care for what was right or wrong? No. Or for, for not necessarily God's standard. No, just for for how much I love uh, how I love righteousness now, mm. as opposed to when I didn't know the Lord, I didn't know about righteousness. So that's what I'm asking. What, what is what do you mean by righteousness? Um, just the love for His Word, um, the love for things, you know, uh, uh, the things of God, His um, holiness. So. So the word righteousness means to be in right standing with God. Correct. So in his level. Yes. At his level of righteousness, right. So, But when you're at that level, love for the things that please God is there. Yes. And see, this for me is is the test because Mm. before I became a Christian, Mm -hmm. I didn't... You didn't care? I didn't care less. So for instance, practically, that would mean I didn't care sleep having sex before marriage was a thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, it was kind of like there was a moment in time where um, I did all of those type of things that I guess everybody mm-hmm, else does mm-hmm. that doesn't know Christ. Yep. Then something happened <laughs> and now I struggle with having to do those things. Yes. So there was a real, real difference between what was beforehand mm-hmm. and what is now. What is now. Okay. Now that... that in essence, is mm-hmm. a litmus test to see whether or not you're actually good born point. again. Very good point. So there was a, a time where I was free yep. in regards to righteousness. From the obligation to do what is right. Yeah. I was free from that. I was free from that. Yeah. I never knew, nor did I care about it. Mm. And verse 21 says, and what was the result of that, right? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Yeah. yeah. Things that in the end ended in eternal doom. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It is the now whole point. Of that. That's the whole point. Yeah, if 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 our listeners could grasp this, this is a litmus test in your own life, and to we're going to go. Whether. We're going to go into this now into chapter this seven is the because detail this of is it. where Paul is really bringing out yes. um, the difference between someone really that is born again yep. and someone that's not. Excellent. Let's go to verse. Let's go to chapter seven. Let's do it. Let's do chapter seven. So, mm-hmm. am I reading it? I think you should read it. Okay, um, and then. I will sort of stop you okay. Um, when a verse seems quite meaty. Yeah, and okay. And then I'll read it from the New Living, that verse, Okay, and then we'll need to hammer it. Yeah, no, right? no worries. Yep. Okay, so go for it. All right. Romans 7, verse 1. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she'll be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from that law so that she's, she is no adulteress, 
though she has married some another man. Okay, so let's stop there. Yep. Because this is important to understand this because he's now going to build on these. So what it's saying here, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, what he's saying here is um, he's talking to the people who know the law. He's talking to the Jewish people in Rome who know the law. He's talking to Christians in Rome who were Jews and have been bound by the law. Yeah, not necessarily just the Jews, yep. but just you could even generalize it. So the argument is is that people know that the law. So in, in other words, the same it is for today mm -hmm. is that, um, you know, if you're married and you, you know, uh, sleep with someone else, it's actually called adultery. I've got it. I get, I get it. Sorry, let me okay. rephrase what I'm saying. Yep. What, he's to, what he's about to do, I mean, the whole book of Romans is him writing a letter to the Roman church, right. the church in the Christians in Rome. Yep. Um, but these are Christians who've, who some have come out of Judaism. Yeah, definitely. and some who've come out of paganism. Yeah, right. And so, so it's a plethora there. He's saying here, don't you know, brothers, those who are familiar with the law. Yes. So he's talking about the Mosaic law, um, uh, in order to try and paint a picture. But then he, but then, because the reason why I'm saying this is because then he he shifts to his example is universal. Yes, his correct. example is not just to to the Jew, right? Yeah, yeah. He uses marriage in, in any culture, in any religion. Marriage is marriage, and yes. generally it's the same. You marry. If a husband and wife marry, they're bound by the law of, that marriage. Law of marriage. And yep. so if you go and, and shack up with someone else, you've broken that law. Yeah. But as soon as one party dies, yep. then that law is now broken. It's no well, longer you're relevant. Free, you're free from it. You're free from it. it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not binding you anymore. Correct. So therefore, you can go on and remarry and you won't be in adultery. So yep. that's he's building a simple case, yep. uh, sorry, a simple example to build a case on that. Yep. Would you say that in his yeah, first four yeah, verses? Three verses? Okay. Definitely. Carry on from verse four. Verse four says, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another. Okay. Okay. So let, let, we're going to have to go slowly here. Okay. Because this is, when I was reading, I've read, I've read chapter seven about 18 times in the last four days, okay? Um, because I'm trying to delve into how do I explain this? as simply but as beautifully as possible with you today. Right. And so I know you love these chapters coming up, so that's why I want to try and get as much out of you. Yeah. So here he just said that you die. Um, this is, he says, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. Mm -hmm. So he's saying to the believer, you've accepted Jesus now as your Lord and Savior, that he, as we've talked about in previous chapters, that he came, God came in the flesh, he dwelt among us. He died for our sins. He rose again and ascended up into heaven. He is the Son of God. Now you've accepted that as his, him as your Lord and Savior. Now, because he died, you died with him. Correct. And therefore, um, you died to the power of the law. The law no longer has is binding you. Correct. Okay. So we uh, we know the the verse. Um that says, I, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives mm -hmm. in me. Mm -hmm. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes. That point there that says, I have been crucified with Christ mm -hmm. is actually a full past tense. What Paul is saying is not when I came became a Christian. He's basically saying that, say, for instance, if I, if I can explain it this way, when he became a Christian, mm -hmm. right, it was like he was also crucified with Christ. 
So at yes. that, yeah. So in he that identified, moment. yeah, he identifies with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Yeah, okay, I get that. Yes, okay. So, so that's why. That's why then he goes on to say, and now because you've identified with the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you are now united with the one who was raised from the dead, which is Jesus. Yes. So now you're no longer bound to the law, you're bound to Jesus. Correct. That's what he's saying. So yeah. I think that's a distinction we need to make here. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. But Because okay. he says uh, you've been married to another. Yes. So we're bound, are you bound to him or married to him? Great. And then says, um, as a result, and I think we're, you're up to verse five in a moment. Mm-hmm. As a result, we can. Did you say as a result we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God? Is that what it says there? Uh, so once it says you're bound to another, where does it say that? So End of now, four, is it? Or no, no. It, it, uh, read four again. Read the whole of four. Oh yeah. So therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may ma- be married to another, mm-hmm. to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. There you go. Yeah. Right. So that last bit says uh, here in in NLT. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. Right. So I find that interesting. Because yeah. yours, yours says the last bit of four, we should bear fruit to God. Yes. So, so is is my summation of that verse, verse four, correct to you? If I was to say, because Christ died and we are in Christ and He is in us, we therefore identify with that death and and died with Him, and because of that, we are no longer bound by the law, but we are or married to the law. We're now married to Christ. And because of that, the result of that death and resurrection, and therefore married to him, is a harvest of good deeds for God. Yeah, yeah. So there's fruit. There is fruit now. There's fruit now because of the the binding intimacy yes. that has happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we I think we, we talked about it last time, I reckon, mm-hmm. reckon myself dead to God. I reckon, yes. Yeah, and, yep. and alive, uh, sorry, dead to sin, sorry, yep. I should say, and alive to God. Yep. Right, so when we were born again, we have been joined to Christ, mm-hmm. co-joined. Yeah, we have the Holy Spirit, and because of that, right? Yep. Because of that union mm-hmm. that has happened, we naturally bear fruit. Okay, so, and that's the point. Mm. That's the point I'm making. Because of that union with God, mm-hmm. there is the production of fruit or good fruit. Because of that union. Correct. Okay, so the good fruit is not something we try to produce. No. Ooh, okay. No, no, that's, no, no, no. That, that, that's something there. That, that got me. The 17 times I've read it, that verse kept getting me in that yeah, last Yeah, right. Bit. Yes, yes. No. Be- because, because there's this works mentality we have in yeah, our Western world. Definitely. Oh, well, yeah, religion. Religion, sorry. Produces religion. that. Yeah. Yep. I need to do X, Y, Z to be considered doing good works. Here are the here are the eight good works that I can tick off to do. Whereas here it's saying automatically because you are now bound or married to Jesus, good works are a fruit of that, are a normal part of being married to him. Yeah, yeah. So because we've been co-joined with him, we, yes. he lives in us. Yes. It's almost like now the natural um, overflow of him living in us and through us mm-hmm. Is that we 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 can't help but be like him. So Excellent. any fruit that comes is is because he's in us. Yes, it, it, it's a natural outworking. You know, 
Um, you don't have to try. Th- there's no there's no need to force that if if you're just being yourself as a Christian, someone yes. who is in Christ. You've just you've just you've just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I don't even think you know what you just said then. Uh, maybe I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just said. Yep. As a normal part, as a natural part of being in Christ, just be your normal self. Mm. That's what you said. Mm. Okay. Your normal self in Christ is not your normal self when not in Christ. Previous, correct. Because verse 5 in a moment we're going to get to, I don't want to get there yet because it starts talking about our sinful nature, our old nature, right? But that says to me, I think there's another little litmus test right here. There's first. There's, there's oh, another yeah. litmus test, right? Oh, yeah. The litmus test is if you have to work to do good deeds on a daily basis or weekly basis, you've got to work, what am I doing? You know, have I done any good stuff? Then you've got to be careful here. Something is not working right. Yeah, that's correct. You're letting other things either take you out, little foxes, little fires. Uh, maybe you're not letting the word go in deep. You want to explain that, little foxes? I think that might be a, a good... You, you explain it, please. Yeah, so um, the, the, the expression is the little foxes spoil the vine. Mm-hmm. Basically, what that means is the little compromises that you allow in your life. Um, what used to happen is um, an enemy of, um, if you like, the the vineyard would release little foxes or not even an enemy, just little foxes would go and they would nibble on uh, the bottom sections of the, the vine. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, eventually the vine wouldn't produce as much fruit because mm. the little foxes would just take a little nibble here and there. It doesn't seem like much at the time, but actually it actually destroys it's the got fruit. Some devastation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the saying goes that the little compromises that we allow in our lives mm-hmm. <clears throat> eventually have an effect on the fruit of our lives. Excellent, excellent. Which also Jesus sort of alluded to when he did the the, 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 the father scatters the Scattering seed. Scattering the seed, yeah, the right? word of Some God. goes into the ground. Yep. Some is blown away by, by uh, you know, um, birds come in and take it. Some yep. sort of go shallow in, but then the sun beats on it. There's no root. Boom, there's no root. It's gone. Yeah. So all of those little things happen here. Yeah. Um, so if, if good deeds aren't flowing out of you constantly, and I'll get to what that good deeds look like or an example – then something is not right. Either you're letting the cares and worries of life try to take you away. I think I think a lot of Christians struggle with this. Struggle with that. And and I must admit, I have in the past, definitely. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah because of that works mentality, not realizing it should be supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural for you in God to want to, and here are the good deeds, here are some of the good deeds, read the word, talk to the Lord, commune with him throughout the day, uh, look at look at opportunities to be generous with my smile, with my finances, with my love, with my care, um, with my help. Um, how can I bless someone? How can I look? How can I talk to someone? How can I bring Jesus into? How can I pray? How can I? Those are the good deeds. Mm. Talking about Jesus, being Jesus to the people. Would you agree? Would yeah, you want to add to? Definitely. I think what, what can happen as well is that, you know, we, we, we sometimes talk about the, the little foxes spoiling the vine and, um, <clears throat> these are little compromises. Let's just say that they're little sins that we allow, yes. if you like. We don't yes. like it, but we allow that and we let it. We don't kind of tend to that. What actually happens is is uh, you tend to get into um, a spiral of feeling condemned. Mm-hmm. When that happens, you feel like God's not happy with you. Yeah. You feel like um, perhaps he's upset with you. And what tends to diminish at that point is 
the knowledge of his great love mm, for you. Yeah, very good. But, and and John yes. tells us that if if that you need to be perfected in love, and it's one of the things that um, has been on my heart uh, fairly recently, actually, is just knowing that he loves me. Yes, and that so much frees you. It's big time to not have to produce anything for the Lord. <laughs> yes, but just. Just live in that love and acceptance love. and forgiveness and and it that flows freedom. out of you. That flows out of you. Flows out of you. I think that's the part we get wrong the most, and that's why we want to stick on this point. Yeah, is Definitely. it's not our effort. It's not our work. It's not our. Um, it's not us that are doing this. Mm. And when it says that um, faith without works is dead, yes, because it's saying work is is a production of faith. Mm. Work is a production of trusting that what God has done in you is full and complete. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really it's probably a, a uh, I shouldn't say bad word because I mean it is part of the word of God, but um, we, it's we, our understanding our of what understanding. that means. It's not our works. Yeah, it's the works that are naturally produced through your faith in God. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not works as in I'm working for righteousness. That's right. I work yeah? from a place of righteousness. I'm righteous. I'm loved. And these are normal. Um, and there's a natural out and, and working because, in my life. And, and I think Paul knew that this was going to happen because what did he say? He said, um, show me your works and I'll show you your faith. So yeah, what's he right. saying? Show me what you're doing and I'll tell you whether you love God or not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'll yeah. tell you whether you're saved or not. Yeah. That's what he's saying. 100%. Show me your works. Oh, hang on. You don't pray. You don't read the word. You don't help people. You think about yourself. You're all about image. You're all about um, money. You're all about chasing fame. You're all about this is your life. I'd, I'd really consider your salvation here with fear and trembling at this stage. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I would go far as say that. I don't know if you agree with me, Scott. You don't have to. But if I saw someone like that and that was the pattern of their life, not not a, a small season or a, or a, or a thing or two, yeah. but if that's the pattern of their life, then you've got to start going, hang on a moment. I know you go to a building that's got a cross on top of it every Sunday, but I don't know if you'd want to call yourself a disciple of Jesus because you'd want to work out your you'd want to work out your uh, salvation with tre- fear and trembling right now because you're not showing any works or fruit that should be normal of good deeds. Yeah, and I think that's a point. There's no fruit. Yes, there's no fruit. You know, one 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 thing, and this I've got to say this because this is why this is so freeing for me. Yes, we are not talking about a Christian that struggles with sin. Right, good point. And I'll tell you why. Mm. If you struggle with sin, tell us, Scott, to the point where you hate sin, and you know, like it's kind mm-hmm. of like I hate this thing that I tend to keep on doing mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is the chapter for you. Yes, it is because there's only run- one reason why you struggle and why you hate it. Yes, it's because you're saved. It's because you're saved. <laughs> okay. You're saved because if you were not saved, you wouldn't struggle. You would not care. Nor less. would you hate it. And thus, you know, that's that's exactly my my point in verse twenty of what we read before. Chapter For when six. you were slaves of sin, yes, you were free in regards to righteousness. Mm, hallelujah, preach, preacher. Now you're on the other side. Now you're on the other side. Where it's like when you sin, it's like I'm just miserable. <laughs> if you're miserable <laughs> like that because of sin, guess yes. what? You are yes. saved. You friend. are saved. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit's in checking you, checking you, checking you. And I'm telling you now. We're telling you now. George and Scott are telling you right now that. Repent of these things and know that you are saved by God and just say, okay, what am I doing? I'm a child of God now. I, I'm free from these things. You are free. Do what you can practically and let God do 
um, the supernatural. You do the natural to get out of it. If it's porn addiction and you're hating it, and you're hating that you're clicking clicking on it. Well, do what you can. Don't go on the computer. Don't go on the computer. That's put it. the put the programs in place. Be accountable to someone. Mm-hmm. Do the practical and let God do this the 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 supernatural so that He can help you and you can walk away and be free from it because Absolutely. He's made you free from it. Yeah. Already, yeah. You just got to believe and walk in that. You are saved now. If you're clicking on porn and you don't give two rips, and you go to church on a Sunday and you go back and you're clicking on porn again, like yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's a problem. There's no Holy Spirit on the inside There's no of Holy that Spirit person. Yeah, something's something severely wrong there. Yeah. Okay, so, and because, that's why I check yourself because of because most of you will know out there that have ever struggled with even that, yep. or something like that, mm-hmm. where you struggle with sin. You know, on the inside, I shouldn't be doing. I shouldn't this. be doing. I shouldn't look at that. I yes. shouldn't think that. I shouldn't yes. have said that. Yes. You know, mm. if you never have that in your life, then you haven't met him. Yes. And this is why, when we go through this, this is the point here. We're going to talk about the 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 struggle. Yes. So let's go through that. Let's do That's it. That's verse five, right? So read verse five. For when we're in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. Oof. Okay, here's what verse 5 says here. You're going to okay? stop me on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's massive it. what you just said. It is. Okay? It says, when we were controlled by our old nature, flesh, yeah. sinful desires were at work within us. Now listen to this bit. And the law aroused the evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, wow. The law aroused the evil deeds, okay? Mm. Um, it's like the light shines on that darkness. Yeah, That's what the law is. Yes. That's yes, all it yes, does. Yes, yes. It just shows you yes. you've you've basically done wrong. So it's not the you, law is evil, but the law arouses the evil because it says, click, yep. torch, yep. look at it. Look at it. And... and, and uh, <laughs> I think he's, he explains it. He, he does. He, he explains does. it down yeah. in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Covetousness? That's, what, that's yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> that's we're, right. We're going to get there. So okay. I just wanted to pin in that. Yeah. Now go to verse 6. Verse 6 says, But now we have been delivered from you, the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Excellent. In the letter of the law. So we've now died. We're released from the law. We're no longer captive by the law, power of the law, but we can serve God. And live in the way of the Spirit, not by the letter of the law. Mm. Now, the way of the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is higher in morality than the letter of the law. How did Jesus, do you know, remember how Jesus explained that? About lust and murder? Yes, yes. Right? Yeah. Well, thou shalt not, you know, um, when the, he said, the law says, you know, if you... Um, kill your brother. Look... It, Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about adultery. Oh, yeah, but well, he says both of them in the same, yeah, yeah, in the same yeah. group. You, you, you explain. Yeah, well, I was just saying that if you, um, right, the law says that if you murder your brother, you've killed him, right, and you are guilty of death. But if, but now I'm telling you that the, the kingdom says if you hate your brother, you are guilty of mur- killing you're in, him. You're in danger. Yeah. Yeah, you're in danger of killing him. Yeah. And same with the woman. Mm. Before, if you committed adultery with her, that's you, you've that's you're obviously done. Yeah. that's obvious. But now, if you lust after a woman in your heart, in your heart. Okay. Then you've already committed adultery. Yes. Yeah. And so that's that's what um, living in ver- at the end of verse six there, living in the way of the spirit means. Yeah. It's higher. So there's it, margins. Isn't that Im- so so true? I mentioned it last last uh, podcast because we were talking about how as of as you grow in the Lord and you you become more acquainted with His Word 
and you understand that, you realize how much more you need him. Yes. So it's almost like you're reading the law and the more that you understand about his law, it just floors you. It floors you. Because it just reveals the fact that you so much, you need him. Yes. But you don't stop there. But this is, and this I think is what, if I could say, it's, it almost sounds like this is a bit of a trajectory change, but it's not. In our Western world now, in our Western churches, they are so filled because of the last 30 years with people who've put their hands up in church thinking, come to God, he'll make your life better. Big problem. Right? So now they're filled with people who go, hang on, oh yeah, I was a sinner, but I don't really know what that means. I, I think the biggest problem with that is what we've done in a, a person's mind that has mm-hmm. done done it that way is that we've equated being born again uh, with that formula and moment that I stuck up my excellent, hand. Excellent, excellent point. So people stick up their hand and we go, yep, that's it, you're in, and you're born again and that yeah. sort of thing. Rubbish. But that's not the that's litmus not, test. That's not the litmus test. <laughs> the litmus test is, well, we'll see yeah. whether or not you're serious about God. We'll see whether or not you're actually seriously born again. Jesus said because it's not that by moment. the fruit. Yes, it's not that moment. It's, it's not, not moment. okay, so if we use the fruit analogy, let's go all the way back to seed. Okay. Yeah. Is it when the seed is is in is in the farmer's hand? Is it when it goes in the ground? Is it because that's what we're saying mm. in Western churches? Mm. We're going to pick a moment, and we're just going to pick. You know what? We're going to pick the moment where he puts the seed in the ground. That's it. Now that's a tree. Yeah. There's the fruit. No, no. The fruit happens once it germinates and it grows. And then, oh, there's the fruit. We know it's an apple tree because of the fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what Jesus is saying about this, though. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. We say, we go put your hand up and we say, now, now that's it. You're saved. No, no. Wait. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Nowhere is that biblical. Yeah. And I think it is as obvious, meaning not obvious, mm-hmm. as not knowing what's just taken place in the spirit realm. Absolutely. Can you see that? Yeah. Nobody can. Yeah. So when a person becomes born again, how on earth will you actually ever know that? That's the point. Fruit. Fruit. That's all. It's the only way. It's not someone sticks It may up be months. Hand. It may be years later. You would hope that if someone, let's say, puts up the hand in order to, and what it should be is if you want to get to know Jesus, remember the last church I was pastoring, yeah. we didn't do put your hand up. We said, if you want to know more about Jesus, we gave a little bit of a gospel message at the end. If you want to know more about Jesus and want to walk around, please go to where I have the side of table at the back and speak to someone there, which is what we said. Now, what was the purpose of that? The purpose of that is to make it very clear that putting your hand up is not the start. No. The start is I'm I'm interested. Something is talking in me. Now, when I'm interested in knowing the Lord, okay, I'll follow, I'll go to church, I'll read his word. I'll, that's the start of this salvation. Yeah, yeah. And somewhere along that line, bang, I've now moved from darkness to light. Yeah, I, I, when I was, for me, it was very much a, you know, lights turned on event, yep. Yep. if you like. And yep. I know not many people, not everyone, sorry, I should gotcha. say, uh, has this experience. But for me, it was kind of like once the gospel was preached to me, yep. it was like boom. Boom. The lights turned on on the inside, and I never put up my hand. I just believed the message. Yeah, mine was the same. Mine was the same. It was the same. So, mine was in a bedroom. Yeah, well, there you go. Like the act of going to church the following Sunday and putting my hand up and walking out the front was the fruit. 
That was the fruit, actually. That was the fruit. That was the fruit. Yeah, yeah. Because it, a week earlier, it was in a bedroom, and it's where, where, as we know, Daniel was talking to me about the Lord for a week before that. Yeah. And then he said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? I said, yeah, I do, actually, I do. And I prayed the prayer, and I felt something immediately in me shift. I knew, I thought, it was like I took a new breath. Yeah, right. And I was 18. Yeah. And I, and I, I went like that. And I realized, man, something's happened here. And yeah. then for the rest of the week, all I remember, for the next th three months really, but for the rest of that week until I got to church, was oh, my head was spinning. Yeah. And I was reading the Bible. I couldn't understand what I was reading, but I was reading it. I just wanted to read more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew something shifted in yeah, me in yeah, that yeah. moment. Okay. All of a sudden, you've you've got something within you mm -hmm. that has a love for the Word of yes, God. Yes. Would you have done that beforehand? No, no. Are you joking? Yeah, exactly. No, no. I would have been ridiculing and mocking. Yeah. Right? That's why I think too. Yes. That we have created a culture where, you know, it's like bring them to church. Yep. You know what I mean? Bad idea. Don't bring them to church no. in that sense. I in mean, it's sense. always a good thing. Yes. Yeah. But bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Like you, you talk about how Daniel asked you, mm. do you want to give your life to Christ? It was totally different for me in, in that sense is because I was um, pounded with, with the gospel. It was, that was walking right, yeah. me through Romans. Yeah. Probably why I have such a love for yeah. Romans, right? Yeah. And I literally just believed believed it. I was yes. like, yes, yes. Something I, I, I want Christ, in you. you know what I mean? I yep. didn't say it, but I want I wanted yes. Christ, you know? And I remember walking home that night um, from my mate's house, because his parents just preached to us, like full on on the on the kitchen table. Yeah. Boom. Just we just copped it. They didn't say, Do you want to yes. give your life to Jesus? They that she basically said to me, I remember Mrs. Mrs. Benes, her name was. Um, she said to me, um, don't come to Christ unless you're serious. Yeah, fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, so that's in, what it should in my be. head, yeah? yeah, that's what it should be. And when I was walking home, it was like I was on another planet, man. Yeah. And I went back to their place. That's a really good time point. and time, time again. So I didn't put up my hand or whatever. Yeah. In fact, uh, it was about a week later on the Thursday that we watched, like, uh, remember Barry Smith? Oh yes, yes. We watched yes. a Barry Smith video, and he had like a you know, like a little altar call yes. thing at the end and I stuck up my hand or whatever. <laughs> yep, but I yep. can tell you right now, I was born again was a week beforehand. Yes, agreed. Yeah? Agreed there. Whether you, or not I stuck my hand up a week later, blah, it was blah, just like... Blah, blah, You just made a comment there that Mrs. Benice... Beness. Beness said to you, um, don't come to the Lord unless you're serious. Yeah. I think that should be the weight of every altar call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In every church in I the Western world. I was convicted of my sins. To say, hey, if you want to follow Jesus, yep. we want you to do that, but we need you to understand something very carefully. Do not do it unless you're serious. Understand what you're doing. If you want to know more about what it means, please go to our lounge and speak to someone there, and then they will help you make that decision if you want to make Amen. that decision. Amen. Because that's what it should be. Because then we may have a third of the people who are putting their hand up, quote, unquote, but they'll be the most powerful Conversions. Conversions. Yeah. That have ever existed. Yeah. Now, your church may not be 300 strong or maybe 150, but it'll be it'll be the most powerful suburb uh, city shaking church yeah. than 300 or 3,000 sitting there just happy clapping and then going home being the same. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It reminds me of the book of Acts, you know, when Paul's preaching and then he's preaching, I think it's in the Areopagus. Yep. Where the people, after, after he's spoken for a number of hours mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. they said, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll come back and we'll hear again on this matter. Yeah. Exactly. That's most of most like our churches today. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll come back next week. Yeah, we'll, thanks, we'll see thanks, what you've got to say. Thanks. Yeah, what you said was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's 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 carry on. So this is now spirit living he's talking about. So where, let's go from verse seven, verse seven. Verse seven. Verse seven. So go from there. Okay. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Ooh. Certainly not. On the contrary. I would not have known 
sin except through the law. Mm-hmm. Fraud, I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. So that's the, that's the light you're talking about. That's the, the torch. That's the I don't torch. know coveting it's, it's, is wrong yeah, until yeah. the law said to me, you shall not covet. And then what happens? Yep, go. Verse 8. But sin, taking the opportunity Ooh. by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. Ooh. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when, I, when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found, brought death. For sin, taking the occasion by the commandment, deceived me and it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Okay, so let's go through that a little bit there. Notice how Paul's use of the word sin has, is using it now as if it's an entity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it says, verse 8, but sin used. But so sin, sin used. Taking, yeah, taking the opportunity. Okay. Yep. Um, then it says, sin would not have had that power. Mm-hmm. Then um, if we move down uh, a bit later, verse 11, sin took advantage um, of those commands and deceived me. Mm-hmm. And then it used the commands to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, so notice how he's starting to personify sin, showing that showing that sin is an is this thing. Yes. It's not you. Yeah, so that's what he means when he says um sin uh what does he say? Uh, uh sin revived and I died. Oh, I was just thinking I've, I've lost my train of thought. One let me just read it. For sin taking the opportunity by the commandment deceived me and it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. I've, I've lost my th- train okay, of thought. Okay, okay. Let me let me read let me read a little bit of um, the NLT version here. Yeah. It says, of course, that of course God is not sinful. The law of God is sinful. Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me sin. Um, using the covetous example, verse eight. But sin used this command, the command of "Thou shalt not covet," to arouse all kinds of covetous desires. What do you mean? I can't have it. Why, why, why can't I have my neighbor's wife? Oh, uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Things, right? If there were no law, sin would not have that power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't that it was there. wasn't there. What, it, what no the power. command did is it just highlighted the fact that it was there. Yes. <laughs> okay. That it's there. Yeah. That it, it, now it has power. The, the, it shows you that it's there with power. Yeah. Okay. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learnt the command not to cover or the law, mm-hmm. for instance, the power of sin came to life. Yeah. And I died. Now, why did it come to life? Because this is human, the evil human nature. I think this is what Paul is talking about here. He's showing that human nature can be is so evil in its natural birth state that the moment we're told you can't do something, we go, why? We say, yes, I can. Not in an arrogance, it's a flesh thing. For instance, I, I, immediately when I read that, here's one of the pictures I got, immediately took me back to my children. Right. That's not your truck, give it back to him. Or that's not your truck, don't touch it. Yeah. What, is the, what does my son do? Go straight for the truck. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Up until two seconds ago, he didn't give a rip about the truck. Mm. But as soon as I said, hey, don't touch that truck because it's, it belongs to Jai, your friend, what does he do? Go straight for the truck. <laughs> Not because he wanted the truck, but because it belonged to someone else and he couldn't have it. Okay? Yeah. And the reason, and in this case, don't touch it because you were eating food that poor Jai, his mate, couldn't touch because he was allergic to that food. And so don't touch the truck. So what does he do? Stuff it. I'm going to go touch the truck because he said don't touch the truck. Yeah. Now he's, he's two. He's not, he's, not, he's not thinking like that, 
but his natural instinct is, you told me not to do what I'm doing. To disobey. That's what. That's the picture I got from this. Yeah, it's it's very, very similar. Yes. Very similar. The, which is, if we go back now, it's almost the same wording, and, and tell me if you, if you, if you see the um, similarity here. The same wording of when Cain and Abel come to God, they come with their offerings, Abel comes to God, gives him an offering, and he goes, this is fantastic, thank you, it's accepted. Cain comes. And he says, nah, it's not accepted. And for whatever reason, you know, we won't go into the details, it's not accepted. And then Cain is annoyed by that. And what does God say to him in Genesis, I think it's chapter six or five or something? He says to him, Oi, oi, hey, why is your face so downcast? If you had done right, would you not have been accepted? So he's giving him a chance. Now, Cain could have said right then, Okay, Lord, what do I need to do that's right? I'll fix it. Mm. You know, I'll repent. Mm. Doesn't do that. He says to him, because be careful, sin crouches it's at the door, at the door, waiting to have its way with you. Harken back, jump over to Paul, where he says, um, he talks about sin, that sin, uh, that you are, sorry, you are led away by your own evil desires. Then you're tempted. Then when tempted is, comes to fruition, it gives birth to sin. Mm-hmm. And then sin gives birth to death. Mm. So see the see the if you ch- chain all these three things together, yes. you can see how sin, as an entity, comes alive when we are shown by the law. Hey, look at it. See where it is. Oh, now I want to do the very thing I shouldn't be doing. Two minutes ago, you don't want the truck. Isn't that interesting? As a it talks to our evil Let nature. Let me ask you a question. Go. Would you say that that's means that we should? as a church, preach law and grace in preaching the gospel? Because we as in As in reveal the law and the grace? Yes, agree. Yes. Yes. Allow the law to do what it does best. Yes. Reveal and, sin. Oh, <laughs> now you're talking my language. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. But, yes. I mean, that's what we're just reading, aren't that's we? That's exactly what we're reading right now. You know, lot... lot I think one of the things when I, exactly. when I realized that when the gospel was preached to me that, you know, um, that I had sinned, that I was a sinner, when I realized that, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I must admit, it was like on the inside I was trembling. Yes. It was like, oh, my goodness, I am undone. I'm yes. in trouble. Yes. Agreed. You know, so yes. what it naturally does when you realize that, if you accept it humbly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously is that it puts you to a position where you know, oh, my goodness, I need saviour. Yes, that's the point. I need a saviour. That's I the point of what to save me. We need to. I'm so, done. So in reality, if, if we could put it this way, if, if there are any pastors listening to us who run churches or have got the ability to make some changes, here's a suggestion from two people who have been in ministry for over 50 years combined between us, okay? Here's, here's a suggestion. At the end of your message, preach on whatever you need to preach on. You're doing topical, you're doing exegetical. By the way, do a lot more exegetical, exegetical. <laughs> exegetical rather than topical. Just let me tell you, feed your people meat and and potatoes rather than milk and sugar, okay? Just let me tell you that right now, please. <laughs> Sugar's not good for you. Sugar's not good for you, all right? <laughs> we, we're feeding them sugar and we want them to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. okay? It's not going to happen. Of they the become word. insulin resistant. They become insulin, okay. That's a topical that's, message. That's a bit of a thing. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, so... Preach whatever you're going to preach, but at the end, take five minutes away from the preach. Forget the preach. Completely happened. Don't try to tie it in because that's what we tried. That's a new trend that's happening for the last 20 years, 15 years. 
but have a message and do a four-minute message, five-minute message on here is the law, here is the mirror for who you are, and here is grace through Jesus. Now, if you're serious and you want to know Jesus and you're serious about it, go to go to the back mm. and talk to someone in our lounge area. Mm. Trust me, the convert you do through that will be superpowers. Mm. It won't be just gathering of of a gathering of the crowd. It will be core people mm. who walk in the power of God. Yeah. Okay. So Scott, let's let me read verse thirteen because I want to move on. We're at forty four minutes. <laughs> it says here. I want to read 13, 14, uh, 13, sorry, because I want to get to 14 because this is starting to get meatier now. Mm. Uh, 13 says, but how can that be? So he's talking about you know, how is the law itself holy and right and good? How can it be? Did the law, which is good, cause my death? Of course not. Sin used that which was good, the law, to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. Which is what we just talked about. Exactly, exactly right what there. we just talked That's about. That's why I wanted to, to read that because that was exactly what we were talking about. So if you want to read from verse 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Um, are we going to read a chunk of this? Yes, let's read a chunk because yeah, well, this paints a full picture now. Yeah, so um, for those of you, what we're going to do is we're going to read a chunk now, but I, this, I reckon, this I reckon is Scott, the contrast. Well, okay, Scott, I reckon you should go the whole rest of this chapter Okay, because I think it actually... The book ends what we're talking it about. It definitely does. Yes. Yeah, it definitely does. And so, so what we'll 14. do is we'll we'll read we'll read, but I just want to want you to keep in mind mm-hmm. that Paul at this time has talked about the difference between um the the sin the sinful nature and the born again person. Yeah. Yes. So we've been talking about that. Yeah. Right. And that a good litmus test is whether or not you struggle. Yes. Yeah. So yes. we were talking about that. And this is why I love this particular chapter. So I'm going to read from verse 14. It says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I don't practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it's good. But now it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. Mm. For I know that in me that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Yes. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I don't find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, this I practice. (laughs) Now, if I do what I will not to do... It's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. Uh, So where are you up to now? What verse? Verse 21. Excellent. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. That's such a good verse, that one. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity into the law of sin, which is in my members. I love this. Verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> oh, okay. fantastic. Okay, let's, let's work backwards a little bit. Well, let me start at the end. It says in verse 24, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. 
Isn't that interesting? Very, very true. Isn't that interesting? Yep. So, so, so he's saying, as a saved disciple of Jesus, my sinful nature is a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. So there are members, because he uses the word members, right? Isn't that interesting in the King James? Uses, I love that he uses the word members, because the word members talks about our faculties. Yes. It's our faculties. It's our mind, our will, our emotions, our actions, our thoughts, our heart, our that person, that part of us. Yeah, I, I I just want to make a comment on on that now because it's it's it is important. Some teach that this portion of scripture that we've just read mm-hmm. is Paul pre Christ. They do teach that, yes. And I want to point out that that's impossible because of verse twenty four and twenty five. Yes. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The answer right? is, yeah. So then with the, my mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He's making a distinction now. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Very, very important to... With my mind, I obey God's law. With my flesh, I'm a slave to sin. He's telling every us Every Christian about, knows yes, that Everyone knows struggle. that. Every Christian knows that struggle. Every Christian knows He's that. He's saying, and this is what... Real Christians know that struggle. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's <laughs> the As point. Said, that's the litmus test. That's the point. Okay. The point is that if you are a disciple of Jesus, you will have a struggle with sin. And that doesn't mean you're going to give in to it. Mm. And, and as, a, as a matter of fact, the stronger you are serving God in your mind and in your spirit, the less strong or the weaker your sinful nature is a slave to sin. Mm. You just don't give in to it. Mm. And that's the point. That's what Jesus meant, do you believe, when he said, take up your cross. Yeah. Take up your cross means crucify your flesh every day yeah, is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why do I need to crucify? I was saved. No, no. Your spirit was saved. Your spirit became alive to God. Yeah. Your flesh. You know what it reminds me of? is you Doesn't know, change until when? When we're uh, translated, when we tra- when yeah. we ruptured, see there in the air, bang, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it reminds me of that that scripture that says a righteous man might fall seven times. Yes, a uh, righteous man. Yeah. So how on earth, if the man is righteous, does he fall seven times? Yeah, that's the point. This is the point. Yes, this is the point. A righteous man, listen to this, people. I know some of you might be driving your car. You might be discouraged through through sin and whatever. Um, know this, a righteous person will fall, might fall seven times mm. in a day, mm. but you will get back up. Yes. Because God is faithful. Yes. He will help you to get will back help up. You. And every time you fall, as the litmus test we've been talking about, you will know, I should not have been doing this. Yeah. I should not have said that. Yep. Don't give That's up, friend. That's the point. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. Come on. Okay. Don't give up, friend. Understand that you are not a sinner. Your flesh is a slave to sin. Yeah. And Paul is telling us, I know your I know your struggle. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got you. Yeah. God yeah. has got you. Amen. And right. I think, you know, like uh, Paul says, you know, I beat my body and make it my slave. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I don't want to be yes. uh, what is it? Um disqualified. Disqualified. Because he starts talking about the race. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and a perfect, perfect segue into that because yeah. he says, What what is it what does a person who's running the race do? They buffet their body. To be prepared for the race in order to win. They don't buffet to come last. Yeah, exactly. They buffet their body in order to win. Mm. So he's saying, I buffet my body, as in his flesh, his evil nature, his slave to sin, so that he can be not, so he's not disqualified when he gets to 
his his end. So th- so that's the thing I think Christians need to understand. Yes, you're saved. Mm. Yes, by God's grace through Jesus Christ and his redemption, you are now written, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm. Understand that. Mm. But what can happen is you start allowing sin in your fallen nature, your, your flesh, to start to dominate you. Mm. And when that dominates you, at what point do you think your, your heart's going to start being seared? No one knows. Mm. No one knows when your heart's going to be seared, where you start. And does that lead you to rejecting God completely, openly, mocking God? Like it says in Hebrews 4, you know, that you openly mock God and say, see you later, I've tasted the things of the fle- of, of the light and I've tasted the word of God and the Holy Spirit and yada, yada. But you know what? Boom, see you later, I want nothing to do with it. It's it's impossible for that person to be led back to repentance because how could you? Mm. Mm. It's not because you've done wrong things or there's sinful nature in you. Understand that sinful nature is a part of who you are because of your flesh. And that's the war. But God has made a way so good deeds come in you mm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. It, it illuminates that I is think, what I'm saying yeah, to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, just to encourage everyone, which is, you know, the, the Christian bar of soap, if anyone does sin, right, we can confess our sins. Yes, to one another. he is faithful and, and just. Yes, to yes. forgive us of our sins. He is, yes, he is. And cleanse us of all, all unrighteousness. So any time that we do sin, go back to him. Yes. Every single time. Yep. Until you're strong enough. That's right. He, he'll lead you. He, he'll lead you there. Mm. I, I want to read chapter one of verse eight, uh, chapter, uh, sorry, verse one of chapter eight in a moment, <laughs> but not yet. Yeah. I just I want to touch on uh, real quickly, we're at 53 minutes, which is perfect because I think we'll, we'll probably round it off at about an hour. Um, <laughs> Verses 15 onwards where he starts talking about the do's and don'ts and don't do and do, 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 yeah, do, do. Yeah. Right? That's hilarious to me. Every time yeah. I read that, I laugh. Yeah. Because it's such a, even, I can imagine Paul writing this and probably chuckling a little bit here. Yeah. I really can because yeah, yeah. imagine writing, just imagine writing that. I don't really understand myself for I do, for, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, in my flesh. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. <laughs> but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is sin. I mean... Just writing that, I'd be start, I'd start laughing like, yeah. "What's wrong with me? Am I stupid?" Here? <laughs> it's almost like even Paul's straight try- struggling here. He's struggling he's to struggling. explain. Yes, the struggle, the that thing he's doing. that we all struggle with. Yes, yeah. yeah. Tr- I think in this chapter, which is why you love it so much, yeah. and I'm, I love it too, Scott. But, yeah. But and you, you're the one who who, who illuminated this to me. This chapter um, is he's actually for the first time in human history writing down. The very thing that 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 people of God struggle with, and probably thinking to themselves, "I shouldn't be struggling like this." Mm. Mm. If I'm a man of God or a woman of God, I should yeah. not be struggling with these things. Yeah. And the condemnation kicks in, right? Yes. And say, "Like I shouldn't be struggling with that. That's horrible. There's condemn. There's condemnation. Condemnation." Let's go to chapter eight. Oh, come on. What does verse one say, Scott? <laughs> of chapter eight. <laughs> I knew you were coming there, mate. <laughs> Listen to this, guys. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Done. Okay. 
So he just wraps it up in verse 1 of chapter 8. Beautiful. With a beautiful bow. Yeah, the and crescendo ex- of Romans. Crescendo of Romans. <laughs> and we'll go on to chapter 8 in the next oh, episode. Stop it. But I wanted to we do verse 1 because that's what it is right there. Yep. That's what it is right there. Where yep. The condemnation of I do, don't do, don't do, I shouldn't be. <clears throat> Is wrapped up in no, no. There's no condemnation yeah. in Jesus Christ, and, and exactly, mate. And, and I think that that's so powerful because he gets he drives the whole argument towards, oh my goodness, yes. who's going to rescue me from this body? Good point. This struggle that I'm having, this this left and right side of me that yes. tends to, you know, have this struggle. Yes. Who's going to rescue me from this body? <laughs> yes, Jesus is. Jesus is. Therefore, now there's no condemnation. Done. Thank you very much. Close the book. Boom. See you later. Finished. Have a good week. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> There's a wrong, wrong button. Wrong button, Scotty. Wrong button. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming on the Chapter 7 journey. That was good. That was 56 minutes of pure Holy Spirit moments, revelations uh, from the Lord. Lord. Thank, and thank you for you, your Paul. word, Lord. Thank you, Paul, for being obedient yeah, to the Holy the Spirit, best. writing this down, my man. Uh, you snapped it sideways, explaining the human condition to us. Oh, uh, wait until eight. Wait until <laughs> tough day. We will do that next episode, guys. Awesome. Have a good week. <laughs>